Welcome to Cancer Specialist Medical Minute. With Dr. Rick and Dr. Danny. That's Rick. And that's Danny. And we're excited to be back for another special episode of Cancer Specialist Medical Minute. And I've got a great dad joke for you. Brenna, our producer, sent me one. So let me start you out with a good one. Please do. What kind of doctor is Dr. Pepper? <laughs> Gastro something, something, something. <laughs> uh, physician. Oh. oh. And I... Hold on. I see some Dr. Tanzer. I think did you have a dad joke you wanted I do to tell? I have a dad joke. I was so excited to join today and I'm be excited. asked to join that um, I thought of one that a patient told me specifically. Okay. okay. Right. What does the Buffalo dad say when he drops his son off at school? What? I don't know. Mm-mm. Bye, son. <laughs> uh, I loved it. Nailed it. That's That's awesome. My patient made my day when they told me <laughs> That's that. That's very cute. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the second part of our two-part series on breast cancer. And you already heard from Emily Tanzler, but we're also still joined by Alicia Sugarman. She hasn't run away from us yet, Danny. Welcome back, guys. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Last week, we got into a little bit of the weeds of the technical side of how we treat breast cancer, how management has evolved over the years. But today, we're going to go in a different direction, talk a little bit more about preventative measures, self-examinations, genetic testing, as well as some local and national resources for patients and family members. And we just touched on a little bit how you can be genetically predisposed to breast cancer. Uh, Dr. Sugarman, can you talk a little bit more about that and just give us an overview of... Yes, of course. So uh, I'm sure a lot of you have heard about about genes that can predispose you to breast cancer. Um, In the news, Angelina Jolie was very popular when she underwent a mastectomy for her BRCA gene, and that's the most common gene known to the general public. However, there's many other genes that can still predispose you to breast cancer. In general, if you do not have a family history and no specifically immediate family members who've had breast cancer or certain other cancers, such as melanoma, pancreatic cancer, brain cancer, or just a large amount of cancers that uh, multiple family members have had, not everyone would benefit from genetic testing. However, if you do have um, a family history of immediate family members having multiple cancers or specific types, it's important to talk to your primary care doctor or your OBGYN, and you may be a candidate for genetic testing. At that point, that could be done by one of those physicians or be referred to a medical oncologist for the testing and some testing can be run to determine if they if you carry a gene where you would be able to have more screening exams and more frequent screening exams than the general uh, woman. Additionally, I did touch on women only, but there are genes that men can carry that are the same as women. And if a man who's listening also has that history, then it's very important to get tested as well. And family histories can be pretty complex sometimes. And, you know, we have a resource here at the beach, our wonderful nurse practitioner, Angie Mays, shout out, uh, who helps us with our genetic counseling. So if you have a family history of breast cancer or other types of cancer, I think it's worthwhile to schedule a visit and, and talk it over and basically decide if genetic testing is right for you. And right. And not only that, if you decide and you are candidate and you want to do genetic testing, it's very important you meet with a professional to go over those results because a lot of times you can come up positive for certain things that really don't mean anything clinically, but it can be a source of, you know, worry when it not need be. So I think it's just 
important you get in with the right people who know what they're doing and talking about when it comes to reviewing it. And on that note, Rick, there's multiple over-the-counter tests such as 23andMe and other over-the-counter kits that you can purchase online. We as professionals don't generally recommend these tests as Rick was saying there's some results that which may be inaccurate and you don't actually have a risk or they actually don't cover all of the genes that should be tested. So if you're worried or you have a concern or you think you should be tested, it's very important to see a professional so we could go over what is recommended. So we talked a little bit about genetics. You know, that's obviously something that you can inherit potentially from family members in terms of increasing your risk. But what are things that, um, whether you're at an increased risk or not, what should women be doing in terms of screening? You know, yeah. So what can they do to try to find these uh, kittens before they become exactly. lions uh, exactly. to tie it all back it together? It was tigers, Rick. Yeah, t- thank you, Danny, for Sorry. listening. To I, me. I don't. My partner never listens as, to as, me. As Danny can tell you, I don't listen to him. I don't listen to our guests. I'm on a one-track mind. So, oh, apologies, Dr. Tanzler. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Rick. Well, I think screening he, he's is. Very, he's very facetious. He's not, really, he doesn't mean that. I, I actually love Dr. Danny. We're really good friends. They're but that's why I can bust his chops. We hang out. Sometimes. They play golf. Maybe you hang out a little too often. <laughs> or some would no. say not enough. That's <laughs> true. You can always golf more. Well, Dr. Rick, I think that's an excellent point. I think screening is the name of the game. Um, that is what we've gotten so good at. And um, so we are now able to, with screening and regular screening by women, we're able to catch these cancers when they are very, very, very small. Um, I would say even smaller than the size of a pea almost. And therefore, that is why we're seeing the death rate from cancer go down. In fact, we have gotten so good at the screening and getting the word out to get your screening that currently um, you should speak to your physician about are you of the age that you should start screening. It's a little bit complex. Um, It used to be just the age of 40, but that is not to be generalized to the population. Um, But we know that with proper screening that the death rate from breast cancer has dropped by 40% since the 90s and, in fact, is dropping by 1% every year since 2013. So as a real accolade, and and I think that that shows that women have control of their own health. Women every day ask me, what can I do for my health? And you can get screening mammograms. That is one of the best things you can do. You see, Danny, radiation oncologists can have facts. Just not me, but other ones know things. (laughs) These are amazing facts, Dr. Day. Thank you, thank you. Dr. Casti's being humble. (laughs) To touch more upon that, there's now 3D mammograms, which are even better pictures than regular screening mammograms. There's MRIs that can be done for higher-risk patients when they have very dense breast tissue. Um, And as well, there's a lot of controversy around the age of when you should stop doing mammograms. And in my opinion, if you are very fit and physically healthy person, then you should continue screening um, past the age of 75. Exactly. As what Dr. Sugarman is talking about is as, is that this is a very complex subject. Um, who should be screened? And what you can do is just go speak to your doctor mm-hmm. because your doctor can look at your age, your family history, what symptoms you have, what your breasts look like on mammograms, and they can tell you what's right for you. Well, not only can a physician make a recommendation, but they also involve you in the decision-making process exactly. because it's shared decision-making as a patient because mm-hmm. if you get a test or a screen you didn't want and you get a result that requires further testing or workup or biopsy, you know, that's a road to go down. That's more procedures. There's side effects with procedures and things like that. So it's very important you talk to your physician about what those pros and cons are. Uh, but as Dr. as uh, Emily was alluding to earlier, 
the nice benefit of screening in breast cancer has been there's clearly been an improvement of outcomes associated with and it. And I think physical exam is also important in this. I know we don't talk about that as, as important, but when you go to your doctor regularly who will order the mammogram, they will also perform a physical exam. And I think that's an important part of it is to look mm-hmm. at the breast, the skin, the changes, mm-hmm. and to know your own body. And when you yeah. notice changes in your body, um, go to your doctor and ask them, is this normal? Right. Yeah. Right. Because usually that's going to be the first, um, you know, first thing that comes about. You do a self-breast exam, you see something abnormal exactly. with the skin, or you palpate something abnormal, and you go see your doctor for an exam, and, and they'll tell you if it needs an image, needs, right. um, if they think it might need a biopsy in the future, but yeah, go to your doctor. Well, and, you know, breast cancer we think of as a disease of older women, but I think that that is mainly true, but that breast cancer can happen at any age. We have 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds and um, that isn't who aren't necessarily being screened at that time because it hasn't been deemed appropriate, but um, it can happen at any age. So I think just mm-hmm. being aware of your body is, is, just like Dr. Dane says, is incredibly important. And breast self-exams are extremely important. They're usually done once a month. And your breast can change during the time of a menstrual cycle. They can have more lumps or bumps. So again, as everyone alluded to, if there's any abnormalities at any time, it's important to go see your doctor and not wait. Um, It could be something just related to the menstrual cycle versus something more serious where they would recommend further imaging and evaluation. So, um, you know, we talk about family history a lot and genes, and um, that's important. But I also like to remind my patients that the majority of breast cancers are what we call sporadic mutations. There was nothing that you have done or ate or were exposed to. It was a mistake that happened when a breast cell um, got old and was supposed to replicate and create a new breast cell to take its place. And, and there was a mistake in the DNA and that new breast cell divides. And so I once read, um, and I can't substantiate this, but I thought it was interesting, um, a pie chart and it showed about 66% of cancers are sporadic, just a mistake, a natural mistake. And, and, um, a very small percent actually are, are genetically related. So just because you don't have a family member or excuse me, just because you have a family member who has um, breast cancer or just because you don't have a family that means that has breast cancer, that doesn't mean that you're still at risk. Yes. Mm -hmm. And to touch more upon that, um, if you do have a strong family history of breast cancer or other cancers and you do get genetic testing and it's negative, that also doesn't imply that you're not at risk of cancer. So, um, having a family history in general can pose a higher risk and some patients are eligible for higher, um, caliber screenings or more frequent screenings. And so, and there's also mutations that we just do not know how to measure yet. So just having a negative mutation or no genetic predisposition um, does not mean that you're not going to get breast cancer. So touching on that, it's still important to get right. screened frequently and take ownership of your health and make sure that you're doing self-breast exams. And, and, and this sounds like scary stuff, you know, it, that I just said that anyone's at risk. But remember, again, if this is detected early, this can be a very, very curable disease, um, a very curable disease. So I think there's a real bright horizon to this. And I think lifestyle modifications are important. Uh, I mean, they've been shown in studies to reduce the risk of breast cancer. You're talking about exercising regularly, eating the right foods, limiting alcohol intake. Those all can help reduce your risk of breast cancer in your lifetime. Yeah, and there's also data, I mean, after treatment showing women who continue to exercise, maintain healthy body weights, survive, live longer um, from breast cancer. So it's, there's, it's pre in people who don't have breast cancer and women who do have breast cancer. So I think it's just a lot of good common sense 
And it's good that I feel like patients feel a lot of times that their um, autonomy is taken away during this process because we tell them, okay, now you're going to get a mammogram, now you're going to get an MRI, now you need surgery. But you can really participate in your health and your outcomes and and, uh, with healthy lifestyles like we all know about and and our Mm -hmm. doctors talk to us about. Beware of Dr. Google. Yes. It can be a rabbit hole that... Well, may or may not have the right information depending on the resources you exactly. I think the American Cancer Society, one of our partners, um, and tested and tried and true, has um, does a really really nice job of taking very complex um, topics related to every uh, type of cancer and putting it online so that patients can easily access it and it's very very understandable. I think they do a very very good job of it. So that is a place I tell my patients to go to. Yeah, I mean, speaking of, that's a great national, you know, big picture resource. Exactly. Um, we mentioned partnerships, mm-hmm. alluding to, do we do anything local in terms of providing resources or other things in the yeah. community that can help women with breast cancer? Yeah, so... Um in North Florida, in uh, one of my offices down in St. Augustine, um, uh, we work closely with Pink Up the Pace, um, which was uh, started by Cindy Ortiz, a breast cancer survivor. It is a wonderful organization and uh, that raises money for women to get uh, free screening. And um, Cancer Specialist North Florida is a uh, partner with them or a sponsor with them, um, as are one of our partners, Flagler Hospital or Flagler Healthcare Plus. Um, and uh, that offers a lot of women an opportunity for screening that may otherwise be reluctant because they don't have medical insurance or um, maybe it just uh, seeing it and seeing the excitement around them gets them out there to do that. And they have a fun 5K um, and a pink fire truck. And uh, <laughs> Danny and Rick, you can wear all pink and run with us like Dr. Warmoth does. So Sweet. Definitely will. Yeah. As long as, long as it's, you know, not 105 degrees, I might not make it. It is Florida. Yeah, no, but <laughs> got well, to finish the race. We'll start early. Start running early. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be out there at 4 a.m. I stand at the finish line and take pictures so you can okay. enjoy it. Right. As long as there's Duncan at the end of the race. Yes. Oh, that's, yeah. That's right. Um, th- <laughs> a shout out to our sponsor, Duncan Donuts, for providing us with the caffeine fuel <laughs> to power us through these podcasts. Love Duncan. It's not be an that's official a, That's sponsor. a video that Rick and I watch. <laughs> Who are you calling? <laughs> I am smoking outside the building. I love Duncan Donuts. <laughs> you know, after these treatments that we talked about today, um, uh, your life really can go back to normal. I know for, I tell, tell a lot of my patients when they're in the thick of it, they don't feel like it. They have a lot of changes to their body and, and inflammation. But um, back to like talking about the healthy lifestyle, after radiation and chemotherapy and surgery are all over, um, one of the things we talk about a lot with our patients is uh, lymphedema therapy. And um, you can get swelling in certain parts of the body and or you can get it become difficult to raise your arm above your head. And uh, these things are um, reversible. Um, when we detect them early, you can go to these kind of special massage therapists that are licensed and physical therapists that will teach you um, at home how to do these exercises and so that you have control over the movement of your body. And um, the days of the swollen arms are, are really, we're seeing that go away uh, with, the, with our early uh, addressing of these symptoms and these smaller amounts of therapy that we're giving. Um, and I, uh, I, one of my favorite trials was um, men in prostate cancer. They showed an improvement in outcomes and mental health, which I think is incredibly important, um, with yoga. 
And um, I thought that that, uh, again, shows that this is more than just the body. This is a mind body and that we're treating the whole patient. And we need to always keep that in mind. And um, speaking of mental health, um, one of my favorite quotes was always by William Osler and uh, Dr. William Osler, one of the founding fathers of internal medicine, that the good doctor treats the disease, but the great doctor treats the patients. And I think mental health is just incredibly important because when, um, you know, when we feel good, we have less inflammation in our body, and um, that's been proven time and time again. And, and at cancer specialists, uh, we as physicians sat down and said, what is it that we think is very important to go along with these therapies? What are the services that we should uh, bring on board to support our patients, such as nutrition? Um, but one of the things was that we wanted to license uh, counseling to be there for our patients so that as our patients go through the ups and downs of tough times through treatment, which will happen, um, just as they always happen through life, uh, we have someone that is there to sit with you and, um, and for you to talk about it and to cheer you on through the finish line. There's so many resources out there for the cancer patient. That's what's so wonderful is I think that as a community, whether that be Florida or Jacksonville or even the United States, we all come together to support these patients and recognize that this is a horrible disease. And because of that, there is so much support out there, whether it be financial or resources or rods. And um, we, the licensed social worker and um, counselor uh, know about all of these at every one of our clinics and they're more than I even pretend to know about and and that's what's nice is they'll sit down with you and and talk about your situation and see what is out there to help support you as far as either financially or socially or or mentally at home and and um, one of the things I'm really proud about cancer specialists for is that we created a patient assistance foundation um, where 100% of the money that we raise goes to the patient whether that be to pay for their rent or to help them along with the um, financial burdens that they have during these treatments. And um, we do some fun golfing uh, um, fundraisers that Dr. Cassidy... October 22nd, I believe. That's right. Mm -hmm. Dr. Cassidy will show his skill. Uh, or lack thereof. I don't... It, it is pretty He's impressive people. He's been working people. on this game, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Danny travels the contiguous United States and plays all these fancy courses that, mm -hmm. you know, kind of makes me... A little jealous, that's all. But it's cool. I'm sure my invite's in the mail. And just Dr. Cassidy hits high bombs. Mm. Yeah. They do hit high. I don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about bombs, but they and do cute, go high in the air. Cute little chip shots. <laughs> I don't, I've never described my chip shots as cute, but I guess I can add that to the lexicon. Phil Mickelson does, little, so it wouldn't hurt for you two as well. Yeah, Listen, I just need to activate the calves. That's, the film, <laughs> that's all Phil Mickelson that's right. needs to know about. And that'll raise money for the patients. Yeah. Activating the caps. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have a new slogan, Brenna. Activate the caps for patients. I'll consider it. As promised, 528, Brenna. Can we say go Gators? No. Yes. Yeah, yes. right now we can. Okay. So I just want to thank Danny, our guest, one more time. Emily Tanzler, radiation oncologist extraordinaire. Alicia Sugarman, medical oncologist extraordinaire. And obviously a resounding go, go Gators. Gators. I can't say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to try and ad lib. Yeah, it, no. was, he, it was the tip of his tongue. He wanted to say something and then smartly. Well, what am I supposed to say? Go Red Hawks. I, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, have, doesn't work. work. Dr. Daney will come on board. Yeah, maybe. I, I like them better than Alabama. How about that? All right. All right. Well, that's all right. fair. It's a start. Yeah. All right. So thanks so much for coming. And guys, thanks so much for being here for part two of our episode. And I think we had a great discussion yeah. together and really uh, brought up some good points and some good information for patients. 
And to our uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining us again on another episode of Medical Minute. And as always, if you have any suggestions on things we should talk about, questions you'd like answered, or just want to say hi, I know we're going to be getting a lot of fan mail for Dr. Sugarman and Dr. Tanzler, so I'm trying to just mentally brace myself for the disappointment when I'm the lowest one on the totem pole. But you can email us at medicalminute at csnf.us. And we'll have to kind of forward some of those messages to uh, Dr. Tanzler and Dr. Sugarman, and we can answer right on our podcast here if you have any questions. So please email us anytime. And make sure you follow us on social media, search Cancer Specialist of North Florida on Facebook and underscore CSNF on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for giving us a few minutes of your time, and we hope you learned something today. And remember, when it comes to your health, stay informed. Ask questions and and tune tune in in next time. time. Y'all are amazing. You're like professionals. I love just watching you. I'm so impressed.